You're listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. Listen, if God only used perfect people, he would never get anything done. In fact, nothing would get done. God uses us even though our truck doesn't haul a full load. God will use us even though, you know, we're a few fries short of a Happy Meal. He will. Do you ever feel like somehow you've made it onto the back burner with God because you don't have everything perfectly lined up in your life? You'll be relieved to hear that God isn't looking for perfection. He's looking for an open heart and a willing spirit to work hard for His glory. Yes, you'll make mistakes along the way. Yes, you're going to hurt people along the way. But if you're humble and can admit when you're wrong, then God can do big things through you. Today in his message, Pastor Dion reminds us to keep our eyes focused on God. Now let's join Pastor Dion in the book of Acts chapter 15 as he continues his message, Love and Unity. All of us in God's family still have sinful natures. Yes, it's true, our past crimes, our past disobediences, our past rebellion, our past sin is forgiven. It's erased. It's been separated from us. As far as the East is from the West, it's been forgotten. Those old crimes, sins, failures, hang up, all of that stuff has been, you're right, it's been dealt with. But the nature of sin still lives inside us. Paul explained it like this in Romans chapter 7 and verse 18. Read it with me. And I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. Oh, what a wretched man I am. What Paul was saying was that even after we've been forgiven, born again, and adopted into God's family, even after we've been filled with God's Spirit, pride, ego, selfishness, arrogance, prejudice, lust, jealousy, greed, impatience, stubbornness, sin still exists within us. Now, as we learn and apply God's Word to our lives, as we learn to walk under the influence of the Holy Spirit, well, the sin nature loses its grip over our attitudes and our actions as we do that as we learn and apply God's Word to our life, as we walk under the influence of the Holy Spirit, the sin nature that lives within 
kind of loses its grip over our attitudes and our actions. But it's a process, a process of transformation. In fact, 2 Corinthians 3.18 says it like this, And as the Spirit of the Lord works within us, we become more and more and more like Jesus. See, in other words, worms don't turn into butterflies overnight. And you won't become a perfect Christian in a day or two, or a week or two, or a year or two. And for some of you, a decade or two. No, I mean, transformation happens one day, one flaw, one habit at a time. So Paul and Barnabas, all right, they had been on a mission for the Lord, right? They themselves had been learning and growing. But like all of us, they too still had some sinful attitudes to deal with. Are you hearing me? All right? So they were out doing mission work, sharing the gospel, reaching people. Hundreds were responding. They were themselves were still learning and growing but they still had their own issues, their own sinful nature to deal with. And it all started when Paul suggested, or I should say things surfaced, when Paul suggested that they go back to Galatia and visit the Gentile churches they had established the year before. So Paul and Barnabas had returned. They defended the faith. They've done everything together. And then after they defended the faith, there was a big victory. And then Paul said, hey, listen, maybe we should go back to the churches that we established in our last trip and revisit them and strengthen and encourage them. See, Paul had already written a letter to those people, to the churches, addressing salvation by grace and faith. He had already sent them a letter saying, hey, listen, don't be duped by those false teachers. He wrote a letter. The letter was the letter to the Galatians, right? And he wrote to them, stand on being saved by faith and grace alone. And, but Paul wanted to, to also, he wanted to make sure that they were still standing in the grace of God. So after he sent the letter and after things had been settled, he told Barnabas, let's go back and revisit the churches. You know, Paul truly had a pastor's heart. The people were always on Paul's mind. That was the truth. More than once, Paul had told the church, every little dream I dream about you, every little thought I think. I'm sorry, that wasn't, that wasn't, the, that wasn't that's a country song. But Paul said something very close, more than once. Here's what Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 about his love for the church. He said, I have lived with weariness and pain and sleepless nights. Often I've been hungry and thirsty and have gone without food. Often I have shivered with cold, without enough clothing to keep me warm. Then besides all of this, I have the constant worry of how the churches are getting along. Who makes a mistake and I don't feel his sadness? Who fails or falls without me longing to help him? Who is spiritually hurt without my fury rising against the one who hurt him? In other words, Paul always had the people on his mind. When he heard about someone hurting, he wanted to help 
comfort, strengthen. When he heard about people who were falling, he wanted to reach out and lift them up. It was his heart. He had a heart. And for those people out in Galatia, those churches, he's, I want to make sure that they're doing okay, that they're growing in faith, that they're becoming like Christ. The Christians and their well-being was always on Paul's mind. So Paul wanted to revisit and strengthen the Christians up in Galatia. Well, Barnabas insisted. He said, sure. But he insisted on giving John Mark another chance to make the trip with them. But since John Mark had punked out midway on the first trip, you remember it, John Mark got, went to Cyprus with them, but then that, after that encounter with a sorcerer there, you know, he just kind of, he got, he got wigged out. And he said, I, I think this is it for me. I think I'm going back home. And he bailed out. And because of that, Paul wasn't about to trust him again. In fact, in the passage we read, Paul called him a deserter. The guy deserted us. So, listen, both Paul and Barnabas had good reasons for their positions. I mean, everyone deserves a second chance. And... Those who sign up need to be responsible and faithful. They can't drop the ball when they're being relied upon. So neither Paul nor Barnabas were wrong about their why. Neither of the arguments were wrong. That wasn't the issue. Neither Paul nor Barnabas were wrong about their why, about the argument, but both were wrong in their how. In their attitude. You know why Dracula doesn't have any friends? Because he's a pain in the neck. Both Barnabas and Paul wanted to be a joy. But both of them ended up being jerks. Both wanted to be a joy. Do something great. But both ended up being jerks. Stubborn pride will do that to you. It'll make you bare your teeth. Here are the verses. Proverbs 13.10. Let's read them slowly. Pride leads to conflict. And then there's James 3.16. For wherever there is jealousy and selfishness, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. I think just so that it can soak in and penetrate, let's read that passage in James again. For wherever there is jealousy and selfishness, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. See, both Barnabas and Paul were claiming that they were right. I'm right! Barnabas wouldn't take no for an answer. And Paul would rather pass a kidney stone than take Mark along with them. Both refused to listen or even consider another way. How many of you have ever done that? It's all of us. Both refused to listen or even consider another way. So tempers flared, words flew, and people frowned. Guys, no one wins a fight. 
Everyone in the wake gets banged and bruised. Well, there's a better way to handle disagreements without making enemies. Walk in love. Now, this is good for your family, for your friends, for your co-worker, for your spouse. Paul and Barnabas could have heard each other out. They could have prayed for God's wisdom and sought for another solution. I mean, even if neither of them compromised. Because one of them could have said, you know, you're right. Let's take Mark. Or Barnabas could have said, you know, Paul, you're the apostle to the Gentiles. And I understand that we can't take a weak link. Let's do it your way. But even if neither would have compromised, there was still another way. Paul could have agreed that Mark deserved another chance. And maybe a little mentoring. He could have suggested that Barnabas take him on a shorter, less demanding trip. You know, to teach him the ropes. And when during that time, he and Silas could go and, and check out the churches in Galatia. He could have suggested that. That would have been an alternative. Listen, there's always more than your way. I want to say that again. Listen, there's always more than your way of doing things. You feel the tension rise when you tell spouses to say, to say that to each other. Don't be stubborn. Don't end in a blowout if you can avoid it. God's Word tells us what to do. 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4. The first thing He tells us is to love. It says, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It's not terco, stubborn. huh? It's not irritable when it doesn't get its way or resentful. Just say ouch. Even if you don't say amen, just say ouch, right? Here's the next one, Philippians chapter 2. This is what God's Word tells us. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. Paul and Barnabas didn't take the high road though. They let their sinful nature take the lead. And I know it's surprising, but in spite of their stubborn selfishness, God still used Paul and Barnabas. Listen, if God only used perfect people, He would never get anything done. In fact, nothing would get done. God uses us even though our truck doesn't haul a full load. God will use us even though, you know, we're a few fries short of a Happy Meal. He will. And here's what happened. Barnabas ended up leaving with Mark. Here we are. They're in Antioch. Barnabas ends up leaving with Mark, who he insisted on taking, and they go to Cyprus. All right? They go there. But Paul 
he recruited Silas, another guy who had come down with him from the Jerusalem council. He recruited Silas to go with him, but instead of getting the ship to Cyprus and then the ship up the way they went the first time, uh, they didn't. They went another way. And you know how that is sometimes, you know, when there's someone there that you don't get along with or that you have tension with, and so you avoid them. I'm not going to get on a ship and go with them over there and then go, yeah, no, I'm going to avoid them. So Paul and Silas ended up going the long way, having a road trip all the way to Tarsus, all the way across the mountains of Tarsus into Derby and Lystra. God still used them. But here's what God does. God will refine us as we continue to walk with Him. So, if you've had jerkitis, you know, stubborn selfishness, angry conflict, here's the first thing you should do. Listen. Because you will hear and feel the Holy Spirit hammering on you. Convicting you. Correcting you. Changing you. How many of you have had a blowout with someone, an argument, a disagreement? It's painful. It's hostile. It's, you know, you had to pull away and, and you can't believe it. You know, you, you bloated. And then after it all, the Holy Spirit says, what a jerk you were. The convicting, the shaping, the hammering begins. What should you do? Listen. Don't ignore it. Don't demand your own way. Because now you're not arguing with someone else. You're arguing with God. So listen. Here's the next thing we should do. If you've been hurt by one of somebody with jerkitis, somebody that's stubborn, selfish, and has an angry conflict, here's, if you've been hurt by them, here's what you should do. Forgive. Give them time and room to change. The Holy Spirit is work, going to work on them, is going to hammer on them, is going to try to bring them to Christ like that. So just forgive. And if they're truly walking and listening to the Lord, their attitudes will change. Paul's did. See, when he and Silas arrived in Lystra, I mean, it was pretty heated. They wouldn't even get on the same ship as those other guys. Well, crossing the Tarsus Mountains is no easy thing on foot. It's a lot of miles, a lot of desert, a lot of climbing, a lot of mountains, and a lot of time for the Holy Spirit. When Paul and Silas got to Lystra, they came across a young guy that was even younger than Mark. Just as green, just as novice, just as vulnerable to mistakes. And Paul said, why don't you come along with us on this trip? He had a change of heart. On that road, he realized that what's more valuable is relationships and the people that you forge those relationships with. Sharing and living life and hopefully mentoring and helping them grow more like Christ. He had missed his opportunity with Mark. 
for being stubborn, for being selfish. So when he got to Lystra, he asked that young man to join him. That young man, his name is Timothy. Timothy went the course with Paul and Silas. Later on, Paul wrote to Timothy as he was in prison, his final letter. And he told Timothy, Timothy, I don't have much time left, but I would really love another visit. Could you come down, but would you bring Mark with you? I need him as a right hand in my ministry right now. Now, I imagine how big Mark felt when Paul rejected him because of his stubborn impetuousness. And I imagine how Mark felt when Timothy went over to him and said, Paul's asking if you'd come and be his right-hand man right now. He trusts you. He needs you. Mark was big enough to forgive. And there was restoration and a great relationship before Paul died. So there's a great story in here for us. And I'll close with this last verse. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 8. Read it with me. Finally, all of you should be of one mind. Sympathize with each other. Love each other as brothers and sisters. Be tender-hearted and keep a humble attitude. Don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. That is what God has called you to do. And He will bless you for it. For the Scripture says, if you want to enjoy life and see many happy days, keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn away from evil and do good. So search for peace and work to maintain it. That's a really good lesson. Father, I pray right now that, you know, many of us have been young, immature, stupid in the way we react, in our attitudes. We allow our sin nature, our fleshly appetites to respond oftentimes. I pray, Father, that when we do, that we will be quick to hear your Spirit as it hammers on us to change our attitude and reconcile. I pray, Father, that as we continue to walk with you, we'll learn more so we make less mistakes and have more effectiveness in our shining for you. Father, thank you for growing us and helping us to apply these principles to our life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We're so glad that you joined us today for The Simple Truth, a ministry of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. Pastor Dion Cordova has been sharing from the book of Acts, a book that gives us an insider's peek into the first 30 years of the church. From persecution to miracles, this book truly has it all. 
What an inspiring narrative, watching how disciples like Peter go from denying Jesus to losing his life for Jesus. Luke, the writer of Acts, gives us a perspective that emphasizes life change. He writes, And every day the Lord added to them those who were being saved. Jesus didn't just come to change the system. He came to change people. If what you heard today has impacted you, we would love to hear about it and pray for you too. You're more than welcome to give us a call at 505-753-4363. Again, 505-753-4363. We'd like to encourage you to get involved in a local church as well. This will be a place that you can ask questions, learn more about Jesus, and find support as you grow in your faith. Are you in the Española area? If so, we would love for you to come visit us at Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. We meet on Sundays and Wednesdays for a time of worship, Bible study, and fellowship. You can find out more and get directions to the church by visiting tmcalvary.com. That's tmcalvary.com. Our time with you is coming to an end today, but we want to thank you for tuning in. We hope you'll join us again next time for more from the book of Acts right here on The Simple Truth. Let us join our hands and together we stand. Together we